everyone. Uh, welcome to the Cultivate Podcast of the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor. And we are in a series where we're talking about our kind of our church and our philosophy and who it is we believe that God's called us to be and what it is that makes us a church where people can really feel like that they belong, where we're breaking down people's barriers to really connecting with God and really having access to, to the gospel. And being also a community-minded church that works well in partnership with other churches in the community and with the community at large. So I really do think that there are a lot of barriers that are keeping people from really believing that the church is a place where they can belong. And a lot of those things has to do with really just judgmental attitudes in general. And so if you caught um, last week's episode, we just kind of, we, we talked about just having this really judgmental attitude and a real negative attitude towards other churches. And that really what God has called us to is to really have great unity, to be known by our love for one another. And I believe that the more that we can project to the world that Christians genuinely love each other, whether they attend the same church or not, if we can show that type of love, then that that breaks down a major barrier that people have coming to church and really feeling like they can belong. The more judgmental that we become, the more argumentative we become with one another inside the church or with people in other churches, this is just more barriers. It just makes people feel like that this is an exclusive club that they really can't belong to. And so in the process, again, if you, if you, you did not listen to that one, I would encourage you maybe to stop here and go back and listen, because what we're going to be doing today is kind of picking up on one of the threads of what we talked about there is that one of the things that causes a lot of division within a church, and then again, from church to church, are kind of the disputes that we have over theology or the things that we, the way that we do church. And when we have these types of divisions and and arguments, it, it, it's really off-putting to people who are outside the church. And again, like I said, it just makes people think that this is an exclusive club that they can't belong to. So, if you miss if you miss the one last again listen to that and then and then come back because what i believe is is really one of the primary causes of the division that we have between churches and and again disputes that happen inside of churches is that we don't understand the difference between a major theological dispute and a minor theological dispute like the types of there's certain aspects of theology that if you believe this, you are a Christian. If you don't believe this, you are not a Christian. And then there are things that are areas of theology that maybe have varying levels of kind of criticalness or importantness to your faith, but aren't like these essential things. And then there are some matters of theology that are just simply a matter of, I'd say, just intellectual curiosity. And then there are some things that aren't theological at all that are just simply the way that a church chooses to govern itself or the way that a church chooses to practice its worship on a Sunday or the way it pursues Christian education, whether it be through classes on Sunday morning or small groups that meet in the home, things that are just a matter of church tradition and church practice. And honestly, the things that should unite Christians— are the major theological themes, the major theological beliefs that make up sound Christian doctrine. And then the other things, we should at least, even if we want to debate them, even if we you know, think, oh man, this is really important and here's why, like, that 
we do not allow these things to destroy our unity. But we allow these things to destroy their unity because any minor theological dispute becomes a major theological dispute in a lot of people's minds. And any matter of church practice can become a theological dispute. And in any theological dispute can become a major theological dispute. So let me just kind of give you some examples of what I'm talking about so we can just kind of be a little more clear what we mean. So major theological things, these are the things that make Christians Christians. One is the belief in the Trinity, that there that God is one and exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The dual nature of Christ, that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully human, that Jesus' death on the cross is the way that one receives forgiveness of sins. It is the payment for our sins. It allows us into a relationship with God. And that salvation is by grace through faith that we put in Jesus. And we believe in the authority of the scriptures. Now, even in those things, there's, you know, there's, there's subsets that come from those. But big picture, that is what defines someone as a Christian. And if you don't believe those things, then you are something, but you're not a Christian. And that, and that, I mean, I don't want to say that's okay. We want people to follow Christ because we believe that Christ is the only way for us to have a relationship with God. But it's, it's okay to look at someone who's not a Christian and say you're not a Christian. But the thing is, we're looking at other Christians who are disagreeing with us on things that aren't major and looking at them and bringing division over things that are not the major theological tenets of Scripture. And so the, those are the things, the things that define, that say, hey, let's just, let's, just, let's just pare it all down. What are the things that essentially one must believe and still be a Christian? Now, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was just a guy that was created. It was God's first creation. In, the same, in, in, a, in a similar way, the, the Mormons believe something similar to that. It's a little bit different. They believe that Jesus was a created being and is not fully God in the, in the way that we mean. Neither one of those organizations believe that salvation is by grace. They believe that salvation is earned by what you do. And while those are beliefs that someone can have, those are not Christian beliefs. And so as such, they're, they're, that's, that, that is not a Christian denomination. But another church down the road, they may be, uh, you know, well, what's the difference between y'all and them? It's like, well, they believe that you can, you should baptize babies, or they believe that you shouldn't baptize babies. Or you go to another church, well, what about, what about them? What makes them different? Well, they, they speak in tongues over there, or they believe that after you receive the Holy Spirit, you can receive the Holy Spirit again a second time and get a, get a second blessing of the Holy Spirit. Now, those, may, those issues may be important to you, and they may be the kind of things like, well, I need to make sure that I go to a church that, that aligns with me on these issues. But those aren't the things that make me look at a group and say, that is no longer a Christian group. That, that issue of theology, while it may be important to me personally, it is not enough for me to say, okay, those people are not Christians. So let me give some, some, some specific examples. What when I say minor theological, I'm, I'm going to give you some examples here of things that I think are borderline because I'm going to say them. And some of you immediately, you're, um, you, the, the hairs on the back of your neck are going to stand up because you're going you're gonna to be mildly outraged that I might even suggest that these are minor theological disputes. And so for, for your sake right now, I'll call them borderline. 
And so I'll just jump right into the deep water here and say whether or not a, a church allows female pastors, whether a lead pastor or an elder of a church can be a woman or not. Um, you may hear that and think that is really, really important. And I'm not disputing whether or not it's important. I'm asking you is whether or not a church does or does not believe that a church can have a female lead pastor is, is the division over that issue enough for you to say, I hate them. Is it enough for you to say they clearly aren't Christians? And you may think, how, how would that, how would that even work? Well, typically it works like this. One would be like, okay, I think that women should be. And so I look at a church that doesn't and I think, well, they hate women. And if they hate women, they don't love people and therefore they're not Christian. You cannot be a Christian group and hate women. And so you immediately go from the, the, the point of theology to assessments of their character, to assessments of kind of what they really believe about people. Okay. Well, let's say that I'm someone who doesn't think that I believe that there's some verses in scripture that say that, that women aren't supposed to play that particular role. And so I look at a church and I see a woman as a lead pastor and I immediately think, well, there's a Bible verse that says that women aren't supposed to play that role. Clearly this church does not believe in the authority of the Bible. They're not Christians. I hate them. And so we, 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 we play this game and we just kind of make things bigger and more significant than what they need to be. Okay. So I take one position and I see a church that takes the other position and I think, I don't agree with them. And in fact, I think this issue is really, really important. And so we're going to align ourselves with a church that doesn't believe that, but believes this. We're, we're going to be in a church that, that, that does believe that you can have a women pastor. I'm going to be in a church that doesn't because that issue is of importance to me. But I am going to allow someone else to have the mental and theological freedom to believe and to do something that is wrong, but not critical. And I, I, don't, I don't know how many different ways to say this, but even as I said it the first time, I just want to just keep saying it again. Am I going to allow someone to be wrong about something that I think is important, but it's not critical? And can I still love them and be in fellowship with them? And I think that we live in a world now where that's just not possible for a lot of people. If you are wrong about anything, you are just capital W wrong. And if you're wrong, I cannot be associated with you. So another one that is really uh, also divides a lot of churches, one I, that I referenced casually a couple minutes ago, was the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a group of churches out there that are known as charismatic churches or Pentecostal churches that believe that there is a, a, an essential second work of the Holy Spirit that comes after salvation. Sometimes it can be connected to salvation, but it's usually referred to as a second blessing of the Holy Spirit where you'll be endowed with certain different types of spiritual gifts but that everyone will be endowed with the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And so they believe that once you've had this second experience, that you are you have a, a different type of connection, kind of a next level connection with the Holy Spirit, a next level connection with God. And then there are a group of people out there, your more mainstream evangelical Christians that would say that everything that you receive from the Holy Spirit comes at salvation and that tongues is a spiritual gift but it is not one that is essential and necessary for everyone to have. So I ask you, is that, is that a big enough deal for me to look at someone who takes the opposite position from me and say, 
you, you, I, I cannot in good faith call you a Christian. I cannot be aligned with you. I cannot have unity with you. And again, the way that it goes with that is, okay, well, you know, they think they're better than me because they had a blessing that I don't have. Or you look at, if you're coming from a charismatic perspective, there's a group of people out there and you think my experience isn't valid. Therefore, so, so, so then we draw these dividing markers and, a, and, a, and just a difference in theology becomes, I'm going to now think of you, you're not a real Christian. And I think we need to move past that. Infant baptism is the same way. They believe, people believe that, that, that people, children of Christians can be invited into the broader church family through the practice of baptism. Our church, the Grove, we believe that baptism is something that is a response to salvation. But I've got some great friends who are in churches where they baptize babies. And we've had conversations about it, and they're really cool. And I totally understand his perspective, and I completely disagree with it. And we're really good friends. And he's one of the guys that I text or call when um, I've got some questions or I'm going through a rough time as a pastor. I've got another pastor friend who comes from a very charismatic church, which is not a theology that we believe in personally at the Grove. And he is a great friend and a great pastor to me. And I have friends that are parts of churches that have significantly more liberal approaches to women's roles in, in, in pastoring and eldering. And all of that is okay. It's fine. It is fine that I disagree with them. It's just, there has to come a point where we recognize that there are things that are essential to Christianity and we cannot budge on those. And that I learn to be more open-handed with other issues and that I am open to the fact that we disagree on this, but that doesn't make me capital R right and you capital W wrong. But then there are some obvious minor theological disputes like how do we understand the book of Revelation and is, is there going to be a thousand year reign and is the tribulation real and when's the rapture going to happen? You might not even know what that is. Well, certainly disputes over that we cannot let divide us. Or whether or not it was six literal creation days that God created the world in, or, or, or what you think about the particular role of angels. I think we can all agree that those things shouldn't divide church. And by and large, they haven't, though to some degree, even those things can. But I think it is important for us to make sure that we are understanding that we have the possibility with what we believe as Christians to be unified with people who disagree with us about things that not just aren't important, like, you know, the things in Revelation or the roles of angels, but even things that are important, that are personally important to you, but aren't essential to being a Christian, that we don't have to move everything in there. But the problem is we move everything in there because everything that we believe typically has a Bible verse attached to it. And if this thing that I believe comes from this Bible verse, if you disagree with me about what I think this Bible verse says, then any dispute that we have becomes you don't believe the Bible. And that, again, that was on the list, right? Authority of Scripture. So you don't believe the Bible, therefore I can't be in fellowship with you. And so I, what I am begging for, I was going to say suggesting, but I am begging, I think is probably that I'm, I'm begging that with the things that are essential to what it means to be or become a Christian, the major points of theological faith that we just be more open-handed and willing to say, hey, I understand that you think that, 
no worries. Let's still be friends. Let's still be partners. Let's still be unified in our common mission to reach the world for Jesus Christ. But we even take that a step different where we go, it's not just even things that are matters of theology, but even just a matter of practice where like how you do communion or the Lord's Supper, even some people like whether or not you even call it communion or the Lord's Supper, whether or not you call it a sacrament or an ordinance, these become big deals. Worship styles are obviously a big deal. What the pastor wears when he teaches, what version of the Bible does he use? Is there a drum kit? Is the band, could the band be considered a rock band? These are the kinds of things that like, you know, but become very serious issues. And again, I am not going to critique somebody for walking into a church and saying, I thought I didn't like that music. I would rather go someplace where I like the music. I, I think that is a, a fairly shallow way of evaluating a church, but it's fine. But you don't walk out of that church saying, uh, because of that particular type of music, that is that it is akin to somehow to devil worship. Maybe no one says that anymore, but when you grew up hearing people say that, it just kind of sticks with you for a little while, or to see a, a, a pastor that is too casual in your mind, and you think, well, he doesn't take seriously the holiness and the character of God. Or you see some pastor that is very dressed up in a very ornate suit with a very ornate stage and a very ornate pulpit, and you think, well, this guy is arrogant and probably doesn't really love people or is somehow thinks too much of himself, that you can somehow make assessments about people's character and their heart and their theology based on the way that a church practices. And so I'm just going to give you an example here. It's one of, one of the craziest ones. Um, there was a time at the Grove where we only had plastic event chairs that, and, and, and when they were, it was really problematic. It was problematic for anybody who weighed more than 200 pounds. It was problematic for pregnant women that were coming. And it was just, these just weren't good seats for people. And so we found some, I mean, it, it wasn't this, but it was almost like a cheapchurches.biz, some website like that, that was like selling these really, these $30 cushioned chairs. And I said that we should get these chairs because it would help us be more effective in reaching people, that it would be more inviting. It would, and it would be better for people who, 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 again, weigh more than 150 pounds and, and, for, and for pregnant women. And I accidentally used the word cushy once in describing these chairs. Unbeknownst to me, there was a book out at the time that um, was railing against churches that think it's important to have cushy chairs. I had no idea. I was eventually sent this book because of my heresy. Um, so I could, this could be explained to me, but I, I'm talking about these chairs. And like during the service, someone popped up in anger made a huge ruckus, a loud noise, and stormed out of the church. And I eventually got an email from them essentially saying that because I wanted there to be $30 cushioned chairs instead of plastic chairs, that I obviously don't care about missions. I'm more interested in people's comfort than the gospel. And, then, and they kind of concluded the letter by saying, it would be really good, I think, for you to read this book. And, they, and, and the, it was the book that was out at the time. And then said, or maybe you should consider reading the Bible, or maybe you should consider praying. And so because I thought instead of $10 plastic chairs, we should have $30 cushioned chairs, I was clearly not someone who believed in, in sacrifice. I'm sorry, someone that, that believed in giving up comfort for a greater cause. Therefore, I don't really 
read the Bible. Therefore, I'm not really connected to God. Essentially, the implication there being, therefore, I'm not really a Christian. And we, may, we, we connect so many dots and we become anything that I am personally passionate about, anything that I believe is absolutely right. And anyone who disagrees with that is, by ne- is, is necessarily a heretic in some way. And we cannot, and, and, and then so we, we blur these lines, minor theological disputes become major theological disputes, and areas of church practice become, man, become, well, that comes from this theological point, and once I can make it a theological point, I can make it a major theological point, because it clearly shows that you don't really read or trust the Bible. And so then, it's not just simply, like we talked about last episode, that there are different churches out there with different styles, different points of emphasis, that by different means we are all collectively together reaching different people, what it becomes is there's me and us and we're right, and then there's them and they are wrong. And then we read passages where Jesus says that we're supposed to love one another, and we think, well, that doesn't apply to them because you know what they believe. Do you know what they teach? Do you know what they do? And we start thinking about people who are Christians and we start othering them. And if we as Christians start othering people who are Christians but go to different churches, then it it just to me, it is very natural then this attitude that we have where we begin to other people who aren't Christians. And you begin to have this attitude from the very beginning. it's It's just kind of steeped in you that there is us and that there is them. And you can say all you want that we are open and loving and we want new people to come and we want non-Christians to come. But once we have this us, them kind of ingrained in our hearts and our minds, I'm telling you, people can sniff that out and people will come in and they will know and very quickly be able to experience that I'm not an us, I'm a them. And so there are a lot of different ways that we're going to have to kill this sort of of attitude, if we really want to be Christians, if we really want to be uh, a church, Christians in a church that really are this kind of welcoming place where people, no matter what their background is, can have access to the gospel and can and experience the transformative, life-giving gospel that Jesus is offering us. So one of the essential things is going to be able to figure out way better the things that divide us and allow ourselves to be united even when we disagree. Again, so thanks for joining us. We're going we're, we're gonna to kind of just keep talking about all these different barriers that are keeping us from really having an attitude that allows us to be a truly welcoming place where people can truly belong. It's not just simply about having a greeter at the front door. It's not just simply about being relatively friendly. It's not just simply about wearing jeans. A lot of it is just kind of our deep-rooted attitudes about who we are, our own pride, our own thoughts about others. We're going to keep talking about this. I encourage you to continue to join us on our our Cultivate podcast. And also, we would love to see you on a a Sunday morning. Come to thegrovechurch.org to get more details. If you live in the area, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning, or you can join us online. Again, thanks for joining us.